What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Breakthrough Society podcast. I'm your host, Irvin. Today, we have my good friend, Jay Nixon, on the show. Now, the conversation with Jay was pretty interesting because um, I have this long-term vision that I want to do with, with my current business and any other future businesses that I plan to, to open. And the the mission that's like driving all of that is is very similar to what Jay is currently doing, right? So he he owns a fitness studio and and he's real into fitness and and the healthy lifestyle and all that this good stuff right so he helps his clients be healthier uh physically physically fit and mentally fit so it's pretty much like my mission too in life is is to help other people get physically fit and mentally fit so I think you you're gonna enjoy this one, um, especially if you're into like the the that whole fitness lifestyle and you know um, being the best version of yourself, right? So with that being said, guys, let's get to it. All right, guys. So before we get into the show with my dude Jay. Um, make sure to share this out with anybody you know will benefit from from this. Anybody that, that you know wants to be that best version of themselves, you have to share this with them. Um, also, let us know what you think of it. Share it out in your social media. Tag us. We'll repost it. Um, forgetting something else here. Oh, yeah. Go to Facebook, Instagram, and search for the breakthrough society give us a like follow and uh with that being said guys let's get to it all right mr jay nixon how are you man Welcome dude i'm doing doing great brother thanks for having me on the show yeah for sure man pleasure i'm, I'm real excited about this one because i know you're what you do is fitness yeah. and you know that's something that i've been i've been really dialed in into so but first off man the audience the people that don't know who you are and what you do man just tell them a little, little bit about yourself yeah just a little quick snapshot um i'm a you know i'm a, a fitness and nutrition and transformational entrepreneur i own a um i own a physical like boutique fitness studio in palm desert california so palm desert is kind of like a suburb of palm springs um Written two books, The Overweight Mind, which is a, the psychological reasons why people struggle with weight loss, and then The Purpose of Pain, which is kind of that we get stuck in our old story, and that can keep us from actually experiencing and living our, you know, our full abundance of life that we were we were born to live. And then I do, um, I have some online coaching programs. I help people, you know, I've helped people lose hundreds and hundreds of pounds. I've got clients all over the the country and the world. And really what I do is secret is I use fitness and nutrition as a way to get people into my world. And then I really start working on the stuff that matters, which is the psychology and the mindset and the reason. Cause I mean, let's be honest, most people don't struggle with like weight loss and things like that just because of the food. It's always something like psychologically predicated on like, why am I overeating? Like, why am I you know, binge eating and doing those things. And the same thing with fitness. It's like we said before we hit go. If you're in the world of of success and you want to win, whether that's in the entrepreneurial space or whether you work for corporate America, and, and I've done both, 
you better be able to take care of yourself both, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, like all those things, or when life presents those adversities to you, you're going to get crushed. You know what I mean? So you got to consistently be working on, you know, the transformation and the, and the evolution of, of who you are as a human. So that's, that's kind of what I do in a nutshell, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like I always say that your, your health, your personal health is the most important thing that you can like in your entire life right because if you don't have your own health um like the love for your family is not going to matter because if you're in the hospital bed you know fighting for your life like really nothing else matters besides you getting better right and leaving the hospital yeah and we're in a weird we're in a weird situation since we're kind of talking about the health like the health and fitness world in and of itself and i've been in this industry since i was 17 i'll be 47 this year you guys do the math on how long i've been doing this um it's almost a $5 trillion industry. So $5 trillion, and we've never been more unhealthy. We've never been more overweight. We've never been more out of shape. We've never been more confused. So if that, you know, money, money's always a great marker because it, it, it we shouldn't be where we are based on the dollar amount, right? Four, yeah. five trillion bucks, we should be able to figure some stuff out. <laughs> and we're, we're more confused than ever, and that's because the industry in and of itself is not designed to help people have success. It's uber confusing, right? Like you can read a magazine one day and the next day read a, you know, the same equivalent magazine and it says something totally different. So it's very confusing. It's very overwhelming. And so what my, my job is and what I try to do is I try to disrupt the way people kind of think about fitness and nutrition and success I try to inspire them to think differently, start asking different questions. And then I ultimately, I just want to give them the knowledge, resources, and value that they need to start transforming into that next level of like, what's really going to work for them? We've got to stop chasing diets. We've got to stop chasing pills and potions and lotions. I mean, you know, you just finished a workout. Yeah. You know how important <laughs> it is to move your body just consistently, right? For sure. Yeah, that's interesting, man. Um so what, what do you what do you teach? What's a, what's like? Do you think is it comes first, right? Like uh, shifting your mindset or, you know, getting like start the workout process. Yeah, well, it's always like this, right? So you got to meet people where they are. So okay. nobody nobody's gonna come to me and say, hey Jay, like my mindset's really messed up, and I think that's why I'm overweight, and I think yeah. that's why I don't want to work out. They come to me because they think. And so back to the, to the first book that I wrote, it's called The Overweight Mind right? The overweight mind, not the overweight body or belly or whatever. And it's the undeniable truth behind why people aren't consistently losing weight. And I wrote the book because I would help people lose like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 pounds. This is early in my career. And then I'd watch them gain it back. Like once they stopped working with me or did something else. And I, and I, st- and I started fe- trying to decide like what's going on. Like I've given them all the mechanical stuff. I told them what to eat, when to eat, how to eat, everything, what not to eat. I gave them the perfect workout. It worked, but the results weren't staying. And it was because they never changed their psychology. They never changed their mindset around why they were in that situation in the first place. So I would love to start there, but you can't because people aren't going to, they're not going to see that. So I get them into the world. I start telling them about like, you know, hey, this is a, and I don't believe in diets either. I think diets are a failing formula because they always have like an end date. It's like, hey, in six weeks, or in two months, or when the wedding's over, or after summer, 
then you start going back to the the old way you did stuff and you end up gaining the weight back. So I think diets are broken. They're antiquated. I don't even say the D word. So I really start to, to teach people about making better lifestyle decisions and creating a, creating a nutritional platform that works for them for the rest of their life, whether they're, you know, whether they're 14 or 47, if you just start to use principles and systems, it's like being a business owner, right? Everything's predicated on systems, processes, and they're not sexy. They're not, they're not fun. They're not like the bright, shiny objects. It's the little monotonous things that people do on a daily basis. So I really start there. And then the next question, they'll say, well, Jay, what's the perfect workout? And the answer is it's the workout that you'll do. If you're a CrossFitter, then CrossFit's perfect for you. If you're a, if you like cardio, then get on the street and go for a run. Like it's whatever it is you'll do. So I take both of those and then I start to, to show them how everything they're currently doing is predicated on their current mental state, right? Mm -hmm. Like where they are psychologically. And then we start to break that down and then there, then it's always like, oh, wow. Okay. Now I get it. Yeah. So you kind of get them going a little bit and then you just expose them to, Oh yeah. Like that this is this is actually the driver. Totally. Because you know, you can't lead with that because that's you know, people are like, you know, nobody nobody's ever gonna come to me and say, Hey Jay, I'm a hundred pounds overweight and I know it's because the way I think, yeah. right? The way I speak, the way I blob, whatever. It's like they always come every, so it's it's the whole mechanical versus mindset, right? So mechanical is like eat this, don't eat that, do the workout. It's like it's all the physical things we do. Those are the easiest things for people to understand because they're it's the most obvious. But it's the 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 formula is really flipped. It's about 10% mechanical and about 90% mindset because if you don't get the mindset where it needs to be, adversity, so life is full of adversity and all I think adversity is is an unanswered question. It just means you don't have an answer that you need. And so if I give you an answer to a a question, that lets you move forward, right? So if we start to look at adversity and challenges as just unanswered questions, then all I really need to do is find someone who can help me answer those questions. Once I get those questions answered, it's no longer a problem. It's actually a resource, and I can start moving forward and keep going and going and going. And until you correct that psychology and understand that, you'll keep failing, not because you're a failure, but because your formula is broken, your system is broken, because Anybody can follow something for a day, a week, maybe six weeks, maybe even maybe even six months. But eventually life is going to present you with an obstacle, an adversity. And what's going to happen is you're going to fall back to your highest level of training, right? And if your mindset's not where it needs to be, you're going to fall all the way back down to where you started. And you see that happening over and over and over again, especially in the weight loss world, but you also see it in the business world. Yeah, like I, I, I hear a lot of people say that um, the best diet is the diet that you can be consistent with it, right? And totally. just keep going. 100%. Like, yeah, like all these, like the low carb, the keto, like they work, they're great, but it's yeah. the best one is the one that you can just stick to long term, yeah. you know? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you want to count macros for the rest of your life? Well, I'm actually used to it, so. No, I know, but I mean, but but think about that from the perspective of like, do you want to consider? So what you're probably doing is that like you said I'm used to it. So you've probably gotten really good at understanding what food is, what food yeah, looks yeah, like. Sure. The average person's not like that, right? Can you? Yeah. So you know, you know how some people like weigh their food, they measure like how many grams. It, can you imagine doing that when you're 60 years old? 
Yeah, no. No, no, nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to count macros or weigh their food or bring their scale with them for the for the rest of life. So what I try to get people to do is understand what food is. What does food look like? Like what does 30 grams of protein actually physically look like? What if what does 25 grams of carbs actually physically look like? And then you don't need to have your calculator out and your app out. You can actually look at food and say, okay, well, that's about 350 calories. It's this many grams of protein. It's this many grams of carbs. Here's the fats. And then even more important than that, how did I feel after I consumed that food, right? If you can start to attach an emotion Mm -hmm. to the process, that's when you can anchor in the principles and the systems, right? But most people don't do that. Most people just eat and go, right? You don't think about how you felt after you ate blank. You just eat, go, and you feel like crap, but you're so used to feeling like crap that you don't even equate it to the food anymore. You just think you feel like crap. Yeah. Yeah. So we just got to get more intelligent about the way we're looking at food and start treating it differently than just as, you know, as a a substance that we're going to consume all day long. Yeah, I think like there's so much truth to um, you are what you eat and nobody puts nobody puts thought into that. But um, dude, like this is interesting. Like how how did you first get started into all of this? I know I know must have not been easy. Well, I was a weird I was a weird kid. So I grew up in this tiny little town, um, about 4000 people. We had one stoplight. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. And so to do anything, we had to go about 45 minutes to a different town, to a larger town in Texas. And there was a mall there. So my mom would we'd go to the mall and I would go to GNC even as a little kid. And I'd sit on the floor and I'd read magazines and I'd, I'd look at the bottles and I'd read the, I mean, I'm, I'm seven, eight years old. I was always fascinated with like the physique, like the human body in and of itself. And so from a very early age, I was enamored with that. And then I was also really into sports. Like I loved football, baseball, basketball. If it, if it was something you could play and win, I wanted to do it. Like I just loved to win even as a little kid. And so that didn't equate to me being healthy as a little kid though either. So I, you know, I, I'm, I'll be 47 this year. So when I grew up, like it was a, a little bit of a different world with like foods and stuff. And I used to, I, I ate for comfort. So my, Long story short, the, my second book, The Purpose of Pain, is really kind of predicated on my story. My father got killed when I was five. And so I kind of turned to food. This is why I kind of like I'm really into the psychological reasons of why we do what we do. Dad gets killed when I'm five. I basically, you know, am emotionless, meaning from like an outward perspective. And so I use food as a way to comfort myself. And so by the time I got into sixth grade, I was I'd call myself chubby right? Chunky, husky, whatever you want to call it. And I remember, this is a, a bizarre story, but this is this is where my brain goes. I grew up in Texas, hot as crazy in summer, humid, just nutty. Mm-hmm. I wore a maroon hoodie year round because I didn't like, I was embarrassed of my physical body. In the sixth grade, right? Think about that. Sixth grade, I'm wearing this hoodie every single day, even if it's like 100 degrees outside. So at that point, I just I decided like, listen, I got to make some kind of shift. I actually started lifting weights in the sixth grade, and I was such a I was kind of a bigger kid. I became really strong really fast. Like when I was in junior high school, I was as strong as the kids in high school. Like you know, you'd go in the weight room and like they'd have like the records of like you know who lifts the most weights and whatever. When I was in the eighth grade, I bench pressed two hundred and twenty five pounds. So most of, most of the high school kids couldn't do that. 
but it's because I started lifting weights like a psychopath when I was in the sixth grade. Yeah. And I've been doing that ever since, man. And so that was kind of my entree into like weights and like starting to craft. And then I had a buddy in high school, like any kind of extra money we had, we'd go to GNC and buy like, <laughs> like stupid shit, like stuff that didn't even, you know, I mean, now if you looked at it, I'd be like, what are you wasting your money on that for? But like, you know, I just, I was drinking, you know, protein shakes when I was in the junior high, like, you know, my <laughs> friends are like, what is that? And I'm like, dude, it's, you know, it's. So I've always been a weird kid and I've always just get gravitated toward this. And so as I've grown and evolved, you know, this is kind of like where we are today. It's like, I've got a vast amount of knowledge because of the early entree I had into this kind of world. So that's kind of where it all started for me, man. It was my own physical shame, if you will, and how my body looked that transformed it into like, you know, making differences and making shifts. And I'm a firm believer. People always, you know, they talk about work and things like I don't work ever, man. Like I get to do something so amazing that I love and I'm just lucky that I, I found it early. It took me a little while to get into it from a, from a professional, professional perspective, but if you can find what you love to do, man. It is such a blessing. I, I do it all day long for free. Yeah, dude, that's, that's so, yeah, that's so unique, dude, because like nobody's into fitness at in junior high. Oh yeah. But, like I, I used to hate, Whenever I used to play soccer, you know, I stopped playing uh, in December, but in, in high school, like I've been playing all my life and in high school, whenever we would go to the weight room and work out during yeah. the off season, and I hated that. Dude, <laughs> like, that how, was not my jam. Here's how crazy I was in the summertime. So, you know, I live, like I said, I lived in a tiny little town, so everybody knows everybody. So I knew where my coaches lived. I would ride my bike to my coach's house every day and I would say, take, I, I'm, I'll follow you to the gym, go open the gym so I can lift weights. And at first he was like, no. And I'm like, give me a key. Like I'm, I'm coming back every day until <laughs> you either give me a key or you let me know when I can go to the gym. Cause the, the high school gym was closed during the summer, but yeah. I was such a psychopath about like being fit and being strong, whatever. I would literally ride my bike to his house every day. I couldn't even drive and say, listen, take <laughs> me to the, either take me to the gym, give me a key to the gym or somehow let me in, man, because I'm. This is what I'm gonna do. So I've just been so. It, it's been part of who I am for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, and what town are you from? From in Texas? I'm in this. I came from a tiny little town called Cisco. So it's right between. If you know anything about Texas, it's from in between Fort Worth or Dallas and Abilene. So it's right on I-20. Mm -hmm. It's a tiny. There's about four thousand people when I grew up there. Um, super small town, you know, but. You know, it worked out, man. I, I went from there. I moved from there to a little town called Stephenville. Ended up in Dallas. Moved from Dallas to L.A. And then now I'm out in, in kind of in Palm Springs. So, yeah, tex growing up in Texas, especially with like the football community, it's like you know, it's it's a big deal. So you know, if I'm gonna yeah. if I'm gonna play, I want to be the best. Yeah, yeah, I'm here in Austin. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, man, love. I'm actually gonna be in Austin. I'm coming down there to speak in um in September. So we'll have to get together. Yeah, dude, for sure. Is it like a what kind of conference is that? Or? It's a bit, you know, I've one of my one of my business partners is a scheduling company called Schedulicity. And so they do they're big mm -hmm. in like the the yoga, the fitness, and like um anything like beauty related. So there's a big um there's a big conference there in town called BarberCon. It's from like barbers all over the world come into this big thing. And so they bring me in and I'm doing a big like motivational, kind of inspirational, and then also like a practical. Like, listen, I mean, people don't understand like how 
standing on your feet, using your arms all day, like the hairdressers, barbers, stuff like that is a, is a physically taxing job. So I'm coming in to inspire them, motivate them, and also give them some strategies and some tips on how they can stay healthy and fit. Like this is how we wrap that health and fitness thing right back around to everything. You're not taking care of your physical body. Eventually, it's not going to take care of you. And that might that might lead to you not being able to do what it is you love to do as a career. So everything, everything comes back to how is the physical body and, and how well are you taking care of it? Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, just shoot me a text whenever you're here, man. We definitely need to get you. I will for sure. We'll, we'll get together, man. Yeah. And and it's, it's crazy how you said, because um, I've been thinking about this for, for like quite some time now, where you're saying that, you know, you have to take care of yourself that way you can just continue to do what you love, right? Because if not, you're, you're, your health is not going to be in the right place and you're going to have to like give it up or whatever. Dude, like I've been, since I've been so dialed in in the health and fitness, like one of my long-term um, goals is to eventually like have my own, you know, like coaching program, kind of help people like with the weight loss stuff. But I also want to help them like with the mindset too, right? Cause that's yeah. a huge part of it. So like the business that I have right now is an electrical business. So I want to somehow add that, physical and mental program into the electrical industry because that's something that's that lacks yeah. fucking throughout the world dude it's, it's everybody oh. in the construction industry is like so unhealthy yep. nobody works out kind of thing so you know to be able to give them that you know like the like the the health to just keep going like keep keep doing what they what they love for for years well think about how how physically taxing those jobs are electricians, construction, plumbers, I don't care what it is. Imagine what it would be like to do that job being at your healthiest and fittest level, right? As opposed to how you feel now. And then eventually, here's here's one of my, my theories is, right now we get to make the decisions, right? On what we do. But if we abuse our body for long enough, then we lose that decision-making ability and our body begins to make those decisions for us, meaning, you know, when, once you get a disease state or once you get, a, you know, a, a mobility issue where you can't get into those places and spaces you used to have to get into as the electrician, where yeah. after a day's work, you feel like you've been run over by a bus. Like all of those things start to, to pile up as you as you age. And you see, like you said, most people in those industries aren't uber physically fit. It's because they don't they just right now they're just thinking about the job as the the mechanical aspect of it and then they eat poorly they drink poorly they can you know what i mean like and so they're not even they're not even it's not even in their realm of thought and so i think it's a great idea for you to bring a new perspective in and also i mean you can look at this from a lot of different perspectives it's like what you're thinking about teaching is going to decrease on you know job accidents it's going to decrease on days you know days that they have to take off because of injuries it's going to you know all the short-term disabilities like insurances um everything like that like it's gonna it's gonna actually improve the profitability of the individual and of the company so if i was you my, my initial entrepreneurial brain went to the first thing you should do is create that system and those those principles and then present that to the actual business owner and how it's going to save them money, make them more profitable, increase their revenue, right? Increase their 
the longevity of their employees, the happiness of their employees. That's the, we haven't even touched on that. How much happier are you after you, like you just worked out right before we started this. You're right. in a better mood now than you were before you worked out, aren't you? For sure. 100%. Okay. Yeah. So think about that. What if, what if happy people were coming to work? Like, wouldn't it be such a better place to work at? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we, we, we try to get all, we get into like just the weight in and of itself. But if we start at the psychology and say, what if we just had happier, healthier, you know, better thinking people showing up to the job? It's going to change everything, right? It's going to change the experience for them, for the customer, for their, their coworkers, for everything. So it's a, it's a, it's a massive thing, dude, that you should definitely keep moving the ball forward with, with those thought processes. It's a great idea. Yeah, like even like just me starting um, working out about a year, <clears throat> a little over a year ago. I, I just these past few months, I've been like super dialed in and in, in what I'm eating and stuff like that because I'm doing 75 hard. Um, so, yeah, like I started to to see like I'm getting real into this industry, like the health and fitness. Like I'm trying to like I, I binge, binge watch YouTube videos and, yeah. you know, like podcasts and stuff like that. So I'm like, dude, how can I like turn or not turn, but combine like fitness with construction, you know, and, and I just came, I came up with well, that you're, idea. you're already doing it, right? You're doing it. And that's the first step, yeah. right? You're that's, that's the key to anything. It's like a lot of people in the, the world right now is like, Oh, I'm going to create this, but they don't have even done it yet. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, well then how are you really going to teach me how to do it? It's like, it's like if somebody comes to me and says, Hey, I want to Jay, let me, let me help you with your, your, your physical, your, your gym. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like what's your gym? And they're like, Oh, I don't know the gym. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, wait, wait a minute. You're going to help me with my gym, but you don't know. Okay. Well, what gyms you used to own? Oh, I've never owned a gym, bro. I'm like, well, what, then what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like there's too much of that going on. So you're actually starting from the place that you need to start from. You're doing it yourself. And then you're going to move that into that industry. Perfect example. I've got a buddy who's a plumber in Oklahoma and he, we talk all the time about, Hey Jay, like he doesn't even, he, his brain's not wired like mine's wired, right? I've been doing this for so long. So he's always saying like, what can I take to work? Because, and this is something you're going to be great at. What can I take to the job site? Like with me in the truck all day long, that's healthy. That's a better choice for me because most of these guys are probably stopping at fast food restaurants, oh, yeah. you know, taking crappy sandwiches, eating potato chips, candy bars, Cokes, whatever. So and it's not that they don't want to eat better, but the idea of adding that complexity to their life doesn't make sense to them. They're like, I, I'm already so busy. I'm already so tired. What I don't want to, I don't want to think about that. So yeah. what you're going to do is you're going to actually simplify their life by showing them how easy it is to pack this cooler every single day or to make a better decision when they do have to go through the drive-through every single day and then once they start to do that and feel better game changer man like that's where that's where the whole thing starts to roll from so yeah you're doing the right thing right now man yeah and the thing that i'm like doing is is i actually started helping uh, one of my friends like he he gained like 20 pounds so he's trying to lose it all so he's actually the first person that i'm you know like guiding um i'm guiding him like for him to to lose that way, you know, like to get in shape, to kind of change his mindset too. So, like, like after him, you know, I'm gonna start start helping other people, you know. But I've never done something like this before, so like it's like a big responsibility for me yeah. to you know start helping like just him, 
get in better shape. So once I help him and I help more people, then, you know, I can, I can have that, like, um, how do you say it? Like the, like that proof, right? That, yeah, you know, like the, I can do this over here and then, and then like just change, like fucking transfer that thing over. Well, what you said right there is the most important thing that, that you could do, that you could think and say, you said responsibility. Yeah. And that, that's what I believe. Like, I think that it's my responsibility to help people right? To show up and do the right thing. Like most people, and this is why it's a $5 trillion industry and we're not getting any success because most people aren't showing up with responsibility first. They're showing up thinking, how can I make some money? How can I, how can I cash grab here? How can I get this person to pay me to do this? Mm -hmm. But if you approach it from that perspective of it's my responsibility to figure this out and help this person, that's so you're already doing all the right things, I man. You've already got the right mindset. You've already got the right frame of reference. You're already doing it for the right reasons. And so just keep moving down that road and everything will start to come to you. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to know all the answers today. You just have to know what it is that you want to do. Keep asking. Like I said earlier, just keep asking those questions, right? Now you've got a, you've got a new resource now. Now you and I are friends. You got a question. You pop me the question, right? You get you get automatic answers to questions that you might not have had before. Like yeah. that's that's why we do what we do in life, right? Yeah, and like I, I've been looking at it like from the how you saying like for the right reasons of yeah. like just, I want to change people's life, dude. Like I I know the money's gonna be there, totally. you know, so that I'm not worried about it. It's mainly like you know how how to do it or like the stages of doing it because it's yeah. a long-term play for sure. But I have to like, I have to go through it first to be able to help people. Well, I can tell you this, those stages will change, right? Like I continue, as I continue to grow and evolve, how I'm able to help people continues to grow and evolve. Like how I, how I treated and taught and coached people 10 years ago is not how I do it today. And so you're going to learn as you as you learn and as you learn, it's your responsibility to implement your new strategies and your new principles and then continue to teach those. So don't think you've got to know everything perfectly today to even start. You just got to do it for the right reasons, have the right perspective on why it is you're, you want to do these. And I think you have that. So you just keep driving forward and then those new levels start to come to you. And then, and then, and, and you're also going to figure out that everybody's so vastly different. Like what's working for this dude might not yeah. work for the next person, right? And you're going to have to be adaptable and shiftable in order to be able to maintain that same level of success. But that just comes with, that comes with the process, right? That comes with you stepping into something that you're uber passionate about and you really, really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like a whole lot of trial and error. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you said, you, again, you said the right thing. You said, I really want to help people, right? When you come from that perspective of you really desire to make a change and a shift in people's lives, then it, you're, you're doing the right thing. Like you're, you can't lose in that perspective. So just keep that mindset, keep that as your, as your lighthouse. And then everything else is just going to come to you and, and, and through the process, you know? So it's, I think you're, I think you're right where you need to be. So, so, so you help people change their lives, right? Physically oh, and mentally. Okay. So, what, like, who has helped you grow? You know, because oh, you teach other people, but like, totally. who has taught, who has taught you? Yeah. So, I'm a firm believer in never trust a coach without a coach. 
right? So especially when we're in this personal development world. So I started my personal development journey with my coach about 15 years ago. Uh, 15, yeah, probably 15, close to 20 years ago. So ever since then, I've had a either a, a personal development coach. And when I first started, it was very generic. It was just like, you know, different ways of thinking, different ways of doing things, like different ways of, of seeing things, right? And as I've evolved in my own personal development journey, now I'm more dialed into the specific coaches. Like if I, like, so perfect example, when I wrote my first book, I hired a coach who had written books and knew how to write books, right? Yeah. And so that's how that's how you that's how you evolve and grow is like you ask the right questions of the right people. So, you know, when I first started my, you know, my my actual physical, you know, studio, my physical fitness center, I hired a coach that had had experience growing and starting and, and evolving in, in a physical gym setting. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I'm, I'm very specific on all you need to do is ask specific questions, right? So it's, it's, the, it's the analogy of life punishes the vague ask and rewards. I mean, so it's life rewards the specific ask and punishes the vague wish, right? So you can't be vague in your journey. And so most people will hire a coach and think that coach is going to give them all the answers. Well, that's not how coaching works. Coaching is really about getting you to see things differently, getting you to see a perspective that you haven't seen before, giving you new principles and strategies. But you've got to ask the right questions of that coach or you're never going to get those specific strategies and principles. So if you want to lose weight, you need to go find a coach who has transformed hundreds of people's lives, you know, into where they, you know, where they were to where they want to be. You don't go hire just a personal trainer and there's nothing wrong with just being a personal trainer, but maybe you go hire a personal trainer that helps people get ready for a bodybuilding show, right? That's vastly different than helping a 50 year old um, mom lose a hundred pounds, right? The principles are different. The strategies are different. The vocabulary is different. The mechanics are different and the mindset is absolutely different, right? So you got to be very specific on what it is that you want. And so that's what I've gotten really good at in my in my 15 years of personal development is like, I know where I need to be. Perfect example is working with Ed and Andy. I started, I started working with Ed because I, I do a lot of public speaking and I want to be a better speaker from stage. I think you'll agree with me. Ed is a phenomenal speaker. So I joined, I started working with Ed for the sole purpose of listening to him speak, listening to how his cadence works, his, you know, how he he raises and lowers, how he gets emotional, how he gets pissed, how he does this, how he does everything is a system, right? If you'll watch him, start to pay attention, like you'll see the dynamics of how he speaks. I joined the that the program to work with Ed and Andy for one reason. It was to listen to Ed talk. That's it. I didn't, I was I didn't, I wasn't looking for anything else. And that's the specificity of when you know you're doing the right thing, right? I, everything else was a bonus, but it's yeah. like go, it's like when I go to a, when I go to a conference or a seminar. You know what I mean? You'll see some people, and they will take a they'll take notes. They'll they'll leave with a binder full of notes. My goal when I go to something like that is to take away one or two things that I can implement immediately. So most people will will get a whole bunch of knowledge in. And they won't do anything with it because it's overwhelming. I call it the personal development vortex. 
And that means you're listening to podcasts, you're reading books, you're going to seminars, you got seven coaches, you got this and that. There's no way you can implement all of that knowledge. And what happens is it's like you saying, hey, Jay, I'm thirsty. And instead of, instead of giving you a glass of water, I turn a fire hose on you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to blow you away. So the, the idea, so people ask me all the time, is Jay, what book should I read next? Jay, what, 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 what podcast should I listen to? And I, my question is always, well, what book are you reading now? And they'll say, they'll give me a book. And I'll say, give me two principles that you've gotten from that book that you're currently implementing on a daily basis. Not that you've done once, but that you're doing daily. And then I'll say, well, what podcast do you listen to? And they'll say, well, I listen to everything this guy says. And I'm like, okay, tell me two principles that you're implementing from that podcast that daily has made your life better. Most of the time, they cannot give me those answers. And so, my, my, so then my next statement is that you're not ready for another book or another podcast or another coach or another program because it's you're not going to – ingestion without implementation is worthless. Right? You have to be able to audit your inputs. We get so much volume coming in. The, the, one of the, the greatest gifts I could give you guys listening right now is if you can develop a system for auditing your inputs, decide what you can immediately implement and then delete everything else. That will increase your success rate by a thousand percent. So that's, that's kind of how I look at coaching and books and podcasts and personal development and all of that is like, it's all about implementation. It's not about just being there and ingesting everything because there's no way to implement everything. Yeah, dude, like I find myself doing that a lot. You know, it's just- It happens to everyone, it's happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I do it a, like a ton, dude. It's like, I just take everything in. You know, I try to take as many notes as I can. Sometimes I'm just like, oh man, you know, whatever. But like, I'm definitely going to do that thing. Like what, what is like the one or two things that I can take from, you know, this book that I'm reading right now. Yeah. And then and, when, when you feel yourself getting overwhelmed, because it happens to all of us, I just pause, right? Like I just, I do a hard pause and I'm like, okay, Jay, let's stop. Like right now you've got like, I mean, there's a million things floating around in your brain. So then I get my journal out and I just brain dump, right? So I'll dump everything I'm thinking about on my page. And then I'll go through that and I'll say, what are the one, what is one to two things on this page that are, that I can take immediate action on? And then I'll take those one or two things and those will become my two like things that I'm using for the next foreseeable future. And then when that becomes routine for me, then I'll implement two more and two more and two more. Like we don't have the ability as humans to implement 10 new things every day. Way too overwhelming. Like, so we need to implement one to two things and then get those to become our habit. All we are as humans are habits and standards and rituals. Think about it. You do the same thing every single day, probably at the same time, the same thoughts, the same everything. So the only way to really change that is to, to take something that's currently not working for you in a ritualistic standpoint or a habit and replace it with something more positive and powerful. And then once that becomes your new routine, then you're ready for another one. And then you're ready for another one. And that's how you evolve and grow. It's the same thing like if we're talking about the physical body, right? You can't walk in, if, you, if you've never deadlifted before in your life, you cannot walk into the gym and pick, put 500 pounds in the bar, pick it up off the ground. Yeah. You just won't do it. The weight's not gonna move. So you've gotta systematically get to that 500 pounds. 
And that's, that's daily routines, daily structures, daily everything that get you to be able to eventually lift that 500 pounds off the ground. We have to look at it like this. And I'll, I know I'm, I'm talking, the last thing I'll give you guys on this perspective is this. Start to look at things. So like, let's say I have a client that needs to lose 100 pounds. And in the corner of the room is a 100-pound boulder. It's giant. It's rocky. It's gnarly. It's got you know points on it. And I said, all right, brother, go pick that rock up. Bring it back to me. Like most people would be like, I can't pick that rock up. And if I do, I'm going to get bloody and dirty and cut up. But if I took that same rock and I broke it into 100 one-pound rocks, and I said, all right, brother, go get me a rock. You'd be like, cool, easy, right? Like I can pick up, here, here's your rock. All right, put it in that corner. And then every day you went and got me one rock. In 100 days, you'd have that same rock, that same 100 pounds would be in the opposite corner of the room and it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been that challenging. It wouldn't have been that overwhelming. But what we do as humans is we want to figure out how do I get that hundred pound rock from here to there as it is, right? And sometimes we have to change as it is to as it should be, and then we can start to move that rock easily. We if, I always say if you want to make something challenging, add a human. Like we will make it tough, we'll make it challenging, and we will get in our own way a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like the fact that you brought up routines, dude, because that's like something that that I know is key and like I've been struggling with. So um, like I try to have a morning routine, you know, wake up a certain certain time and then, you know, yeah. get my gratitude in and stuff like that. But my mornings have been like terrible. Um, and but I know it's because I don't go to sleep on time. Right. Like mm-hmm. so. So what's something that that can help or that has helped you uh like go to sleep, ease, ease in the evenings, kind of like just chill, relax. Um, Cause I can, you know, try to go to sleep by 10, but like, I'm not tired. I'm not, my mind is just thinking and thinking and like, I don't know how to, you know, slow it down. Yeah. Per se. So I, you know, I get up between two 30 and three o'clock every morning. So for me, going to bed is a little bit simpler because when you get up at two or three by, you know, by eight or nine, you're pretty, you're pretty tired. Yeah. Right. But so what I do is some days I'm not though. Some days my brain is like, like he wants to go nuts. So I make myself do a, I do a hard electronical stop at least an hour before I want to go to bed. Meaning I no more computer, no more email, no more phone, no more text, no more social media, no more anything at least an hour before. And that lets my brain kind of like chill out a little bit. Um, and then I also, I'll do it in the beginning. I don't have to do it so much anymore. If I feel that kind of racing, like I got so many thoughts and ideas, I do that very same brain dump I talked about a while ago. I'll just get my journal out and I'll literally just write down all the things that, that I'm thinking about. And I know they're going to be there tomorrow, right? I've never solved anything by staying up all night. And so, you know, I just, it's now it's part of my, as my system, right? It's part of my habits. It's like I was, I was doing a a call yesterday. And so I I was talking about like scaling a business, right? So if you're going to scale a business, if you're going to grow a business or or whatever it is, and and you can equate this to life, the real work is going to come in the minutia and the monotony and the systems, right? You do this, then you do this, then you do this, then you do this, then you do this, right? That's how all businesses work. That's not sexy, right? That's not the fun stuff. And so you've got to create a system and a structure around your life, and it's all predicated on the outcome. So what's the outcome of what it is that you want, 
right? Do you, you want to be healthier? You want to be fitter? You want to have more energy? You want to be stronger? Blah, whatever that is, right? You've got to get yourself to a place and you're, you're in the health and fitness world now. You've got to understand that sleep is probably one, two, or three on that list of things that you need to be doing, right? The quality, and you can get away with it now at 26 years old, yeah. but at 46, you can't, right? And so you've got to start thinking the longevity play of this. And how much better am I going to be tomorrow if I get my sleep tonight? And so you've just got to retrain your brain that you're in charge, right? You're going to, okay, you may have to try some meditation, some deep breathing. There's all kind of just little systems of things like that. But those, again, are mechanical, right? But I would try them. I'd try a guided meditation. I'd try some breathing exercises. I would try that disconnection from electronics. Like, I mean, listen, if I, if I just pounded emails until nine o'clock, shut my computer and went and laid down, there's not a chance in hell I'm going to sleep. Yeah. My brain's going to be cruising around everywhere, right? And so I've just trained myself over the, these years to know that one of the most important things to me is getting, my, getting a great workout in the next day. And so I know if I don't get my quality sleep, if I'm up till midnight, I get up at three, my workout's going to suffer. Right. And so it's, it's all about creating those habits and rituals. Right. And every and here's the deal. Everybody has habits and rituals. Everybody. Yeah. Most people, their habits and rituals suck. And that will be the that will I can look at somebody and tell them what their habits and rituals are. Right. Not from a judgmental place. But when somebody walks into me and they say, hey, Jay, I need to lose weight. I can look at them. And, and before I even ask the question, I usually know the answers. OK, how much sleep are you getting? What should this look like? Tell me about this, blah, blah, blah. We are, we're, a, we're a perfect representation of our habits, standards, and rituals. Like, you know what I mean? I can spend a little bit of time with you and tell you what your day is going to look like. So you just have to map your day out where that at the end of, you know, the outcome gets you to where it is you want to go. Everything has to be outcome driven, right? We as, we as humans, we're in this instant gratification society where we want it now. Right. But we have to start to be able to forecast the outcome. And is it, everything I'm doing right now is going to manifest itself in three weeks, six weeks. And so you're living the life you're of, of right now that you created a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So you've just got to start to create better habits, standards or rituals. And here's the deal with 75 hard. I don't think 75 hard has anything to do with fitness, nutrition, anything like that. What it's yeah. trying to do is to teach you how to be disciplined and how to create better habits, standards, and rituals. Here's where I see it fail. As soon as it's over, most people go right back to doing whatever they were doing before 75 hard. And I'm not saying that that's not okay, but you haven't created anything. The best thing for you would be this. Now, is 75 hard maintainable for the rest of your life? Probably not, right? Because we, I mean, we don't want to be in a state of deprivation or starvation or anything like that. And the likelihood of you doing two workouts a day, one inside, one outside every single day and doing all the little things, right? But all those little things are, are designed is to teach you how to keep promises to yourself. And after 75 days of keeping promises to yourself, the last thing you want to do on day 76 is break every one of those damn promises. Yeah. So what I would do if I was doing 75 hard is I would create myself on day 76, what's that gonna look like? On day 86, what's that gonna look like, 
right? What principles from 75 hard can I implement into my daily life forever? That's when it becomes a success model. As it is without that, it's actually a failure model because if you do 75 hard, on day 76, you go right back to 75 easy. In 75 days, you've lost everything that you gained, right? You didn't even really learn anything from the process. That's what I'm talking about, the vortex. Implement what is implementable from the 75 hard process and make that part of your new habits, standards, and rituals. That's when it's a win. And that's what, it, in my mindset, that's why Andy created it. It wasn't about getting, I mean, yes, are you going to get more fit? For sure. Are you going to be healthier? Absolutely. But it's to teach you how to keep promises to yourself. It's to keep you to stop. It's to teach you to stop making excuses. It's to teach you that you're capable of moving your ass twice a day, of drinking water, of not having it in the alcohol thing is a metaphor for anything, right? It's discipline equals freedom. If you're disciplined enough, then you get the freedom to do whatever it is you want to do. Most people have zero discipline and they have and they think they're free, but they're not. They're actually they're actually victims and hostages of their own excess, meaning they don't know how to eat responsibly. They don't know how to drink responsibly. They don't know how to work out responsibly. They don't know how to sleep responsibly because they have no discipline. So use 75 hard for what it is. Start to think now. What day are you on? 66. Okay. <laughs> You better start thinking about it now. What does day 76 through 96 look like? What from this can you implement that you'll keep doing? The water, easy, yeah. right? At least one workout a day, easy. If you want to crush the second, crush it, but don't make it mandatory, right? If we go to a birthday party, you want to have a beer, have a beer, right? It's discipline equals freedom. It's not discipline equals deprivation. So that's where most people think they think it's a, they think they're doing 75 hard and it's depriving. It's it's I'm, everything's being taken away from me. And so on day 76, I see it all the time. I see guys posting, you know, pictures of more food than they've eaten in a year. Right. <laughs> yeah. they're drinking a 12 pack of beer. So then on day 77, they wake up and feel like a bag of shit. You think they're going to get two workouts in, drink their water, do their stuff? <laughs> no. no. And that starts that decline of right back where they started. So go ahead and forecast your new system, yeah. right? That's the win model. That's for everything in life. That's not even just 75 hard. That's any program, any process, whether it be business, relationships, whatever it is, keep creating the next level of your habits, standards, and rituals. That's all you are. Yeah, dude, when I started 75 hard last March of last year, like that pretty much gave me the key of like entering that industry like of health and fitness and it just being like all over on that because it just like made me self-aware like are you saying like i'm just wasting so much time yeah. um not controlling what i'm eating yep like yeah we go insane. we go through life very recklessly if you think about it like we yeah. we have so much control but we only try to control the non-controllable things think about that yeah. like we spend <laughs> so much time thinking about shit we can't control and the things we can actually control we let go to shit yeah so if we just shifted that that needle over and we said, okay, I'm just going to control the – I can control how much water I drink every day. It's 100% up to me. Like nobody's ever going to come in my office and be like, no more, bro. Right? <laughs> this is never going to happen. Yep. And so the, this is a controllable mechanism. I can control when I go to sleep. I can control if I work out or not. 
I can control if I'm on social media all day or not. I can control everything, but I, I spend all my time focused on shit I can't control. Yeah. So it's, a, it's such a, we waste so much time on nonsense. Yeah, dude, so I know we're running out of time here. So before I ask you like this, this question, the last question, um, just tell the audience where they can find you, man. Yeah, absolutely. So the easiest way to find me, my, my business and my website is called Thrive Forever Fit. So if you just go to, to thriveforeverfit.com, all my social media, all my stuff, all my books, all my everything is right there. Jay Nixon on um, Instagram, Facebook, all the social media platforms. Um, super, super easy to do to find. And my goal in life, guys, is to be a resource. So if you've got a question that you need an answer to, pop it to me, send me a note, whatever, and I will 100% give you the knowledge that I have. And if I don't have it, guarantee there's somebody in my world in my portfolio that's got it and i'll help you get it cool man i'm gonna link link up the website on the description cool thank you but, um, yep uh the last question i have is what do you consider your biggest breakthrough moment my biggest breakthrough moment god i've had so many of them dude um it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a story right so in my journey of of this this fitness world that i'm in I, I left corporate America. I used to work for the largest, I'll give you a little background. I used to work for the largest nutrition company in the world. I worked for one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world. I've got an extensive like medical background. And then my last soiree is I had consulted for the NFL alumni. So I've had some really cool jobs. None of them were fulfilling. I knew I was always supposed to be my own boss. As you can tell by listening to me for the last hour, I'm a little bit radical. I'm uber passionate. Like you don't yeah. want this guy in your office. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to wreck everything. I'm going to do everybody's <laughs> job. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? So I knew I had to do my own thing. And ever, ever since sitting on that floor in GNC as a seven year old, I knew it had to be around helping people transform their lives. So I started my personal training, helping people world with zero clients. I started in a, in a, like a broom closet of a chiropractor's office. I mean, this, I could barely turn around in there and I was training people. So fast forward every year, I would kind of upgrade. I'd move to a different, bigger space once I got more clients and more clients and more clients. So then I get to this one place where I'm, I'm, I'm renting the entire bottom floor of a country club here in Palm Desert. Got some great clients, tons of equipment, everything. We get about seven days of rain in Palm Desert a year. And by rain, I mean it might sprinkle a little bit. It's in the wow. desert. <laughs> yeah. How long? Well, this was maybe, gosh, was this? Let me look at my notes. I got the, I, I keep this written down in my journal the exact day because it was so metaphorical for me. So this was in October of 2014. I was just about to turn 40 years old. So it's actually September moving into October. I was about to turn 40 years old. And I was out of town speaking at a conference and I got a phone call from the country club. And they said, hey, man, we are having a monsoon type storm here in the desert. We've received more rain in the last hour than we received in the last 10 years. The entire basement of the country club is under 10 feet of water. Flooded. My business is gone. Flooded. Gone. Done. I, there's nowhere to train people. I'm not even there to I'm not even there to see it. They sent me videos of water just rushing down the stairs. And in that moment, I had to make the decision, like, you know, retreat and quit, go backwards or say, OK, this is a sign and move forward. I'm a big believer that the universe, God, whatever you believe in, 
is consistently trying to get you to move to the next level of where you want to be. And sometimes it taps you on the shoulder. Sometimes it hits you over the head with a sledgehammer. This is one of those sledgehammer moments where, and, and, and I'll say this, in three days from that moment, I was going to Maui for two weeks for my 40th birthday. So I'm leaving the continental United States for two weeks. My business is gone. I've got nowhere to bring my clients when I come home. Like it, I mean, this, I'd say that's a situation, right? Like I got yeah. a problem. I, well, I'm in Maui. I start working with a real estate agent. I rent my first personal, my own studio. Like it's mine. Nobody else's, nothing, sight unseen from Maui while I'm there having fun on my 40th birthday. So when I get home, I've got a place to bring my clients. That flood was the best thing that's ever happened to me. I went from a mediocre business of, I'm a, I got a decent business. I can pay some bills to multiple millions of dollars because of a flood. And so my, my message to say all of that is sometimes the best things that are going to happen to you are going to feel like the shittiest things in the world in the moment. It's going to feel like you have zero answers. You don't know why you're going to ask a lot of why, why did this happen to me? What am I supposed you know what I mean? There's going to be a lot of whys and what's and what the F's and all that stuff. If you'll just keep moving forward in the face of that adversity, oftentimes, most times, 99% of the time, that is going to be your next level of involvement. If that flood wouldn't have happened, brother, I don't know where I'd be today. I don't, I don't know if I would have written two books. I don't know if I would have clients all over the world. I mean, I've got clients in Australia, Switzerland, the UK, you name it. I, I don't know where I'd be, bro. I might be back in that broom closet, barely even able to turn around. But I said, I said yes to the adversity instead of allowing the adversity to dictate me to quit. And so in the face of adversity, guys, just keep moving forward. That's, that's the promise you've got to make to yourself. It's like, you know, it's the Mike Tyson statement. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. So the best thing you can do when you get punched in the mouth is get your ass back up as quickly as possible and just keep moving forward. That's awesome, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you, you decided to move forward, man. Me too, bro. Come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, I appreciate that, brother. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a blessing and, and a gift. And like I said, I, I get to meet awesome people like you because I said yes to adversity. Oh man, thanks for saying that. Absolutely, brother. Oh man, so thanks for coming on the show, man, and you have That's a rest, good rest of your day. You too, man. I'll see you soon. All right, peace.